0: It's Tuesday, April 9th. And on today's episode, I'm going to unpack some deeply disturbing information that we just received about Trump's immigration policies. I'm also going to plead with you to understand why I think the humanitarian crisis that we're currently having at the border between Mexico and the United States is one of the most despicable, bigoted crimes against humanity in the modern history of the world. It's completely manufactured by the Trump administration totally avoidable, and it's far worse than most of us know. Sometimes I have to talk about the Trump administration. Today is one of those days. This is Sean King, and you are listening to The the, the Breakdown. The Breakdown. The Breakdown. I know many of you know me from Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, but I'm actually a historian by training. My undergraduate and graduate degrees are in history. My first job out of college was actually as a high school history and civics teacher. And I've come to understand that so much of how I see the world is through the lens of my training as a historian. And there's one big lesson that I learned in all my years and in all of my training that I'm likely going to repeat on this podcast over and over again. It's this lesson. It's hard to understand a moment in history when you are in it. Let me repeat myself. It's hard to understand a moment in history when you are in it. The way history feels in the history books is not always the way it feels when you experience it in real life. In the history books, nobody's hungry. Nobody ever has to use the bathroom. Nobody has a stomachache. Nobody wakes up with a crook in their neck. History books wipe out all of that, and they just go from major event to major event. Disaster to disaster, scandal to scandal. But real life doesn't feel like that. Over the course of our day, much of what we do, much of what we experience, is abundantly normal. And right in the midst of our abundantly normal day, in between homework assignments that are due and needing to perform a task for our jobs in between needing to pick up our kids and thinking through what we'll have for dinner, in between the moments that make us all human, the unthinkable often happens. Sometimes it's truly horrible, but our day must go on. We have to keep it moving, sometimes even having to have a painful level of cognitive dissonance to compartmentalize the trauma and horror that we may have seen or heard about, all to simply keep on living and keep the day moving forward. And I believe as a nation that we are in a deeply disturbing level of denial. I think we have a base level understanding that Donald Trump is dishonest. And how could we not? Since he's taken office, the Washington Post has now documented over 10,000 lies that he has told. It's more lies than have ever been documented from any politician over the course of their entire life. And he's just been in office a little over two years. So we know he's dishonest. I think the majority of Americans accept that he's immoral, that he's a man of low character and integrity. But what I need you to understand is that the nexus of all of these horrible things that we believe about Trump, the nexus is made most evident at one place, and it's at our border. As much as I understand that people want to investigate Russian collusion and Russian interference, as much as I understand that people want to see Donald Trump's taxes and a copy of the Mueller report, I get that. I get all of it. I do. But I don't think that anything going on in this country is as severe a crisis as what's going on at the border. I actually do believe that what's happening there is fully criminal and it deserves more attention. It deserves more scrutiny. And over the next few minutes, I need to break down a few emerging stories at the border that I need each of you to internalize. It's a genuine crisis. It's a form of genocide. And it's happening right here, right now, on our watch. Break it down. In just about seven minutes, I'm going to break down seven things that you need to know about what's going on at the border. First, hours ago, we learned from three different sources that Donald Trump himself has been driving his administration to continue the policy of separating parents from their children and then shipping the children and parents off in two different directions, often sending the children to live in faraway states, then deporting the parents. Multiple sources confirmed this with Jeff Bennett, who is NBC's White House correspondent and also happened to be my editor in chief at our school newspaper when we were students at Morehouse College. Jeff confirmed with his sources that Donald Trump has repeatedly, repeatedly insisted that this cruelty, which is completely demented, is what will keep immigrants from even coming to our border in the first place. Number two. Three days ago, the Trump administration admitted that it will likely take them a minimum of two years to figure out how to find parents that they deported in order to reunify them with the children that they shipped off to over 22 different states around the country. They knew exactly what they were doing when they did this. and My blood is boiling even reporting this to you. As a parent of five children, I cannot even imagine the pain and horror and trauma that these families have undergone. And again, I need you to understand that it was all done this way on purpose, in the name of being a deterrent. But listen to me. This cruelty is not a bug. It's a feature. The cruelty is the purpose of it all. Number three, the Washington Post reported from multiple sources something that we've long since believed. But this weekend, the Washington Post overtly confirmed it. Donald Trump announced to his cabinet that Stephen Miller, who is the single most bigoted man in the entire White House, is in charge of all immigration programs. Now, this has been inferred for over two years, but now it's confirmed. He wrote the Muslim ban. He invented the idea of separating families and shipping them thousands of miles away from each other. And this man has been a cruel racist since he was a child. I wrote exhaustive reports on Stephen Miller when I was the senior justice writer at the New York Daily News and again at The Intercept. He was a bigot in middle school. He was an overt, foul bigot and racist at his high school. His classmates have all spoken of specific moments of his horrible bigotry. He was a bigot in college And multiple people who've known him across the years have literally said that he is the single worst person they've ever known. And he's in charge of immigration. Number four, Kirsten Nielsen, who is head of Homeland Security, is stepping down tomorrow. While Stephen Miller was the mastermind of family separation, she's helped to oversee the implementation of it at every turn. Insiders have said that she decided to step down Not because she found child separation immoral, but because now it is illegal. And Trump continues to insist that she separate families regardless of the law. She'll be remembered for this for the rest of her life. For two years now, she has been unable to even give an accurate number of the children or number of people who've died in their custody or the number of kids who've been shipped like cargo across the country or to give the hard facts on who their parents are and where they've been shipped off to. I said all that to say that she's a villain in this, but Trump is now trying to appoint the head of ICE, yet another villain, as the acting chief of Homeland Security. Number five. After lying for months about the causes of the deaths of children in their custody, recent autopsies showed that these children died of preventable infections— Not of dehydration or malnutrition, as Trump has repeatedly claimed. The government's own doctors have now admitted otherwise. In addition to this, we've had thousands of reports of children being sexually assaulted, drugged against their will, and more. Just this weekend, we had horrible reports of children being badly bruised because they were forced to sleep on gravel. I mean literal gravel in cages. It's unthinkable. Number six. And let's move to some solutions. We must demand that our presidential candidates and other leading politicians not just say that they support comprehensive immigration reform, but show us your plans and policies. Break it down. Show us how you'll treat this crisis with dignity and compassion. The majority of Americans want this. Support for a complete overhaul of our immigration system crosses partisan lines. But we not only have to see the plans, we have to build momentum and energy for these plans. Number seven, I'll close with this. Do not allow yourself to check out on this issue. First and foremost, it's happening in our nation with our tax dollars on our watch. And the root of this entire immigration catastrophe is bigotry and white supremacy. What we see happening to our immigrant sisters and brothers at the border is also very connected to the crisis of mass incarceration. This is just mass incarceration in a different form. And private prison companies are loving it. Their stocks are exploding. And I said that to say that this crisis at our border is intersectional. It impacts civil rights, human rights, women's rights, the rights of children, And we must see it come to an end. Listen, I've got to run, but I'd like for us to all be a part of building out these solutions and plans and ideas together. This time that we are in warrants it. It necessitates it. And we can't always be on the defense. We have to be on the offense, fighting back in the smartest ways possible. The break. Thank you all for making it all the way through this episode of The Breakdown. We're not just here to change the news. We're here to change the world. If you haven't already subscribed to our podcast, we'll be right back here every single weekday breaking down important news stories and issues. And we'd love for you to subscribe here and share this with your friends and family. Our next goal is to get 100,000 subscribers, and we won't get there without you. Also, have you left a review yet? If not, please leave your best review when you get time. Of course, thank you so much to the nearly 30,000 founding members of the North Star whose generosity even makes this podcast possible. We love and appreciate each and every one of you. If you love this podcast and you want to support our work or you want to see the show notes and transcripts for each episode, we'd love it if you'd consider becoming a founding member of our community. And you can do so today at thenorthstar.com. Go now to thenorthstar.com. There we not only have our podcast, but hundreds of original articles and stories and commentaries from some of the leading scholars and thinkers in the world. We love and appreciate each of you. Take care.